What's going on, humans? It is time for another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, presented to you by Wrestling Oz Style. I am your host, at Fruity is Alex. It is time for year two, month nine. Uh, pretty sure. And with me at this time is the head honcho, uh, Vince, Vince Jr.'s territory up in New York, brother, brother. It is the head honcho of the World Wrestling Federation, Mr. Sports Entertainment himself, Chris Thunder. What's going on, man? Yeah, doing really good. Excited for another month. Uh, as you said, year two, month nine. Yes, that is correct. You're good with your counting. <laughs> yep, good, good. Hopefully we... Yeah, I wasn't entirely certain I was right. <laughs> oh, don't tell me you've done another month seven where you've gone big again. No, but I, <laughs> I, I am on the road to Starcade, so I am going into a little more detail than normal. Uh, like, full on on the road to Starcade, so my TVs are going to be a bit crazy. Oh, wow. Yes, indeed. Uh, as we go, uh, we look over to the World Wrestling Federation as we go to SummerSlam. Uh, what about yourself, mate? Well, WCW just had their inaugural Ragnarok Rumble event, which has uh, swiftly moved in to WCW presenting War Games! It's War Games! War Games, sunshine! Um... <laughs> Are you besmirching me, sunshine? Yeah, uh, I can't do a good William Regal. But, um, yeah, so we're on the road to War Games. We just had the return of the Wolf Pack, and they're going to be taking on the Ruthless Aggression Era in a War Games match, which is also the twist I drew out. So that is handy. Um, heads up. I'm doing a modified version of the War Games. My own little take, if you will. Ooh, okay then. This uh, does sound very exciting. Um, and it is something WCW actually did do during the Russo era. So <laughs> sometimes odd people find odd inspiration. Let's talk about the uh, the twist and stuff from last month, because a lot happened last month in terms of uh, the last the last episode in terms of twists and all that sort of good stuff. There was a referee draft. I think that got lost when we lost the original recording of that episode. So I guess... I'm just going to have to occasionally say, oh, this is the referee, so humans can be like, oh, shit, he got him. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be uh, taking effect next month for myself. Okay, cool. Um, like, we... I, I did know that I drew them and they were eligible for today, and then I just didn't have the list, and I'm just like, okay, I'll just go through without. <laughs> I think I randomly, like, threw in one of mine this month. But, yeah, um... We also had our R-Block picks, which was very tough, very extensive. There was a trade made last month. Uh, WCW released one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people. And WCW picked up eight people. 
You sure Damn. you're not working at a uh, Stanford, Connecticut there with those mass layoffs? I'm um, sure it's only uh, budgetary reasons. Yeah, I've I've discussed this with you before, but I think in year three we should do a budget cut thing, where because our rosters are now heavily bloated. I yeah. think we should both like at some point, like I'm happy like after Starcade to be like, all right. Alex, you have to drop 10 people and get nothing in return. <laughs> no. Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> or, or maybe that should be a twist. Yeah, that sounds like a good twist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just like bang, like, oh, you're on the road to WrestleMania. Now drop 10 people. <laughs> yeah, 10 or 5. We'll see how we go. <laughs> oh, we could like throw in like, oh, there's one one little thing that says 10 people and then there's like two in there that say five. That sounds like a good compromise. Yeah. Um, yeah, there we go. We're just uh, working shit out live on the air. But that's okay. Uh, we, You drew out a doesn't work for me brother card and I drew out a war games card which I fully was planning on doing war games this month anyway so yeah that's why i didn't take notice of that one i'm just like uh, alex has already announced he's doing war game so uh <laughs> i'm just ticking that one off already yeah oh there was also um in the original recording i also d- dropped another person and you dropped someone and we traded those people to each other full disclosure the people that we picked up Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got that listed there as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. Like, normally this section of, like, the draw history and the twist and shit is, like, maybe four or five lines long on my notes app. But this time around, it's, like, a full page. Because (laughs) there's... Because it was, like, two different recordings. There was like two different drafts in there, like craziness. Um, so who's going first today? It would be me, I would assume. Yes, you, indeed. You got the Shamashlam? Yes. All right, so we're ready to get into it. Let's do this. I haven't played my um, custom Nitro theme in a bit, so let's just listen to it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. We are live from Berlin, Germany. And this is WCW Nitro on the road to War Games. War Games! Alrighty, Vince McMahon and the entire Ruthless Aggression Era come out. Vince says, last night was a case of collusion. Paul Heyman, the Wolfpack, and even that dirty redneck Stone Cold Steve Austin, along with the entire WCW roster, colluded against my error. They screwed us 
out of the Royal, uh, out of the Ragnarok Rumble. I don't know what a Royal Rumble is. That doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Please don't send a cease and desist my way, Chris. Uh, I think we can work something out, given uh, you agreed to drop that Hogan one. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we have to compete in war games against the Wolfpack. You know what that is? That is bullshit. I'm not even a wrestler. Vince then orders the error to leave as he wants Paul Heyman to come out right now for a man-to-man chat. The error leaves. Out comes Heyman. Vince looks Heyman in the eyes and says, there is no chance in hell he will compete in war games. Paul Heyman says, well, Vince, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a former two-time WCW Extreme Champion. Vince nods. Well, That means you're officially listed as an active competitor. Vince gulps and says, fine, I'll do it, but I'll do it on my terms. First things first, this isn't going to be a stupid two-ring pay-per-view. That's Southern Wrestling. I hate that. My error will only compete in this stupid Southern Wrestling gimmick if we get to modify it to make it a sports entertainment spectacle, something stupendous. Heyman says, fine, what are your terms? Well, Paul, quite frankly, pal, first thing is first, one ring. And you want a spectacle? Let's make it a triple cage war games match. Second thing, No more stupid submit or surrender. The third thing, the lowest cage will be just like a regular Hell in a Cell setup. The second cage will be full of various weapons. And the third cage will have a ladder, which leads to the fourth thing. I think it's only fair that we add some stakes. So we want the Starcade main event contract hanging high above that third cage and whoever grabs it will main event Starcade. Oh, and the final thing, we will only compete if we know who the fifth Wolfpack member is right now. Paul agrees to all the convoluted stipulations, but he gets interrupted by the debuting, I'm back! Eric Bischoff comes out. This is a monumental moment right now. We are on WCW Nitro and three men are in the ring. Heyman, Bischoff and McMahon. Uh, ECE says he's been waiting a long time to get his hands on Vince and he's finally back on Nitro and he's better than ever. Bischoff says the error needs to put something on the line as well. Vince says, what do you propose? Bischoff says, if the error loses, they must break up. Vince agrees, walks up the ramp. He gets halfway up the ramp and Heyman interrupts Vince and says, next week, both Bischoff and Vince will select a participant and the winning participant will gain the advantage for the War Games match for the person they represent. Vince stops Heyman and says, I've already made up my mind. I select the longest reigning U.S. champion of all time, my U.S. champ, 
the rated R superstar edge. Bischoff laughs, says, I can pick anyone I want, right? Heyman says, anyone at all. Bischoff smirks and says, I select a man who unjustly lost his job in this company. I select a man who isn't even an official employee here. I select Christian. Absolute scenes here in Nitro. Uh, The three faces of the Monday Night War era, the Attitude-ish era in the ring together. And we finally get past the first segment. Sorry, that was extensive. Brian Lawler comes out for a match against Conan. Raven distracts Conan and Lawler hits a pile driver for the win. Lawler says that at War Games, if Daddy even shows up, what he did last night to him, after what he did last night to him, pile driving him on the steps, he wants to end the career of his father. So if you really want this match to happen, Daddy, you have to put your spotlight hogging past its expiry date in-ring career on the line. Backstage, Conan and the filthy animals are consoling K-Dog. We see Conan and the filthy animals, and the animals are consoling K-Dog after his loss. Conan says he's sick of the flock and challenges them to a five-versus-five tag team match at War Games. Raven with Lash, Maven, and Canyon walk in and accept. Raven says... Filthy animals, be careful because it won't be the flock that you know that will face you. I've assembled an even more dangerous flock. Now watch this. Maven and Lash out of nowhere attack Canyon. Raven says that the flock has no room for these failures. It's now time for a number one contendership match for the women's title. Sable versus Victoria. Sable got given this opportunity last month by Vince McMahon. Uh, this match barely goes a minute before. Nah, 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 nah. Oh my God, it's Stone Cold. It's all Stone Cold. Stone Cold runs down, hits a stunner on the referee. Victoria retreats. Austin grabs a mic and has Sable in the corner and says, Lesnar, you big jacked up son of a bitch. I want your ass in a match. And if you don't say yes, I'll break. I'll snap your wife's stack of dimes she calls the neck. Lesnar comes out, but Vince stops him and ushers Brock backstage. Austin says, you think I was lying, son? Stunner to Sable. Brock comes back out. But now the entire ruthless aggression era usher Brock backstage. Austin says, okay, then, you son of a bitch. Austin grabs a chair, picks up Sable. Austin places the chair around Sable's neck and hits another stunner. He might have snapped Sable's neck. Austin says, Brock, your ass is mine, you son of a bitch. Vince McMahon comes back out and says, Mr. Austin, you know perfectly well that the reason you won't get a match with Brock Lesnar is the same reason you weren't allowed in the Rumble. You're not medically cleared to compete. And for the interest of fairness and your own safety, Mr. Austin, I have no choice than to indefinitely suspend you from WCW until you're medically cleared to compete. Local police come out, handcuff Austin, and remove him from the arena. We see backstage Beth Phoenix confront Vince, and she says that would never have happened to her 
Vince says he has bigger things to worry about, but God damn it, you got it. At War Games, it will be the woman suplex machine, Jazz, versus Beth Phoenix versus Victoria in a triple threat women's title match. I guess this would be a female hoss fight, if you will. In the background, we see the sinister minister oddly talking to Edge. And Edge hands over a heavily padded envelope. And the sinister minister's eyes go wide as he opens the envelope. Next up, this has been building for a little bit. The Dudley boys come out and say that they're sick of sneak attacks and blindsiding. They want to end things right now. So if they have any balls, we challenge the bomb squad to a match right now. The bomb squad, awesome and vicious, come out, except except the match against the wishes of their manager, the Sinister Minister. Uh, This match goes for 10 minutes when all hell breaks loose in the ring and the ref gets distracted by little Spike Dudley who gets involved. Devon gets laid out by a powerbomb from Awesome. Awesome then lifts up Bubba in a powerbomb position. Sinister Minister says, Vicious, get up on the top rope. Vince Vicious says, I don't know if I should do this. Sinister Minister says, just do it. Vicious climbs up the top rope. He doesn't look comfortable. Vicious jumps off the top rope and hits a big boot to Bubba Ray Dudley. But I'm, I'm, oh my God. Vicious landed funny. Oh my God. No, no, no. The camera cuts away. We zoom in on referee who's throwing up. Awesome looks like he's going to throw up, but he turns into a 3D. Dudley's win, but it appears, Dudley's pin awesome, but it appears that Sid Vicious jumped off the top rope and he's broken his leg. After After the match, Vicious gets stretched out. Minister's saying something to Awesome, who looks shocked at what Sinister Minister told him. Awesome shakes his head out of disgust and leaves Sinister Minister, who pulls out that envelope and sniffs it with a smile on his face. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm trying to get through this. Uh, Main Jane is in the ring, and he introduces three men who had a great night last night. Ladies and gentlemen, the new... WCW Extreme Champion and the new WCW Tag Team Champions, the Iron Sheik and the Steiner Brothers. The Steiner Brothers uh, and the Iron Sheik, all three men, come out. Iron Sheik says he proved last night that he is the real immortal. He's the true legend. He broke the New Jack's back and he made him humble. He even heard word that because of New Jack's injury, New Jack has been let go by WCW. The Steiners grab the mic and say, they've scouted the independent scene because we're sick of all the fat asses in this company and we want to give some young upstarts that, you know, don't have so much body fat on them a chance. And we've scouted the indie scene and beyond and found a couple of up-and-coming tag teams. Over the next two weeks, both teams will have spotlight matches to show what they can do. And on week four, they will face off with the winning team getting a shot at the Steiners at War Games. 
Uh, Goldust is backstage with Terry Runnels. Goldust says, Dusty is a selfish piece of shit. He never cared about Goldust. He only cared about that other spoilt little brat at home. Dusty looks at my little brother like he's a star. He looks at me like I'm a freak. I might be Goldust, but that little brat is your little stardust and I can't stand it. The cruel irony is that after War Games, you'll be spending even more time with that little brat so you can buy him more Star Trek costumes and temporary tattoos and he will love you even more. But at War Games, I will massacre you, father. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tattoo reference, anyone? Uh, it's... <laughs> It's Thunderground time, and we see the Hoss champion, Ken Shamrock, making multiple unnamed opponents submit. Afterwards, Shamrock challenges all and any WCW wrestlers to step outside of their comfort zone and step into his Hoss division. One of the unnamed opponents says, who the hell will be crazy enough to challenge you? You're the guy who eliminated The Undertaker. Shamrock says, well then, it's time for the Hoss title to go out of the Thunderground. And starting at War Games, the Hoss title will be defended in the ring under MMA rules, knockouts or submissions. Ted DiBiase comes out with Shane and says he's in no rush to get to the lucky 13. So that, because they say time is money and I got a lot of time then. But you know what? I'm feeling generous. So how about a War Games? I host an open challenge for my million-dollar television title. Backstage, we see Sting in a dark corner of the arena. He gets confronted by Lex Luger, Vampiro, and the Great Muda. Lex says, on behalf of the other members of the Crow's Nest, quite frankly, we don't know how much more of this we can take. We each have our own aspirations and put our careers on hold to help you fight this uphill uphill battle against the ministry and now with jake going M mia after getting bit by all those snakes we just don't think it's a great idea to keep this thing going sting stops luger and says i have shungo next you guys have done everything you guys could do but i now understand after what happened to jake i can't let more people get sacrificed for my battles i'll release you all they all pat sting on the back and walk off in separate directions as sting is alone in the darkness we see sting start to convulse and smoke rises and papa shit papa shango is doing some voodoo shit to sting uh we see a vignette of a man doing some ballroom dancing and getting perfect scores from all the judges the vignette ends with coming soon on the screen backstage mean jeans with the rock who says that him, Too Thick, and Meng need to go back to the island. We have some serious soul-searching to do. Shawn Michaels unknowingly walks past and says, Oh, Rock, about last night, no hard feelings, right? The Wolfpack and I had some business we needed to take care of. We needed to make sure our click won. Shawn slaps Rock on the chest, and Rock looks disgusted as Shawn walks off. Rikishi says, your grandmother was right about that, dude. He has no respect. Rock says, we need to go back to the island, but sooner than later, that arrogant Rudy Pooh candy ass will acknowledge us. 
Cactus and Terry Funk are training at Terry Funk's Double Cross Ranch, but they get ambushed by a van driven by the beautiful people, and Maurice orders Bam Bam and Rude to take out Cactus and Funk. Rude lays out Funk in a paddock. Bam Bam and Cactus brawl into a barn. Bam Bam power slams Cactus through a barn fence. Cactus is out cold. Maurice tells Bam Bam to finish the job. Bam Bam looks at the cow standing next to Cactus. Oh, my God. Bam Bam tipped a cow on top of Cactus Jack. (laughs) Main event time. It is, this was announced at the pay-per-view. It is a world heavyweight title rematch. No DQ match. Chris Jericho versus Rowdy Roddy Piper. Piper comes out. He gets blindsided by Jericho. Match is on. They brawl all over the arena. Jericho's a bloody mess. Ten minutes into this match, he's bleeding. Piper has a sleeper hold on Jericho. Jericho's fading, but out comes Big Show, Brock Edge, and Batista. They beat down Piper, but out comes the Wolfpack, Savage, HBK, the Outsiders. They fend off the error. They brawl to the back. Jericho and Piper are both out slowly fighting their way back to their feet. Both men on on their knees, hitting each other as they work their way to the feet. Trading blows. Piper gets momentum, lays in about five punches in a row. He winds up for a huge sixth punch, but before it lands, Jericho kicks Piper in the nuts. Code breaker to Piper. One, two, kick out. Oh, my God, both men exhausted. When out of nowhere, a man comes out from underneath the ring with a hoodie over his head. He runs in and he punts Piper right in the head. He removes his hood. Oh my God. It's cowboy Bob Orton. Isn't he meant to be Piper's best friend? Jericho looks shocked, but crawls over and pins Piper. Jericho retains. Orton tells Jericho to get the hell out of here. Orton hits another huge punt kicker on Piper. What the hell's going on? And we end this huge Nitro. My apologies. Wow, what is going on? Cowboy Bob in the uh, the WCW. Yeah, a uh, bit of a history with those two guys. So as soon as I pulled him out of the random free agency last month, I kind of had to do something with him. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, off to Raw? Off to Raw, man. Okay. Raw is War coming to you from uh, Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Canada. Sorry. Yep. Uh, As I bring up my notes here, sorry. So, kick off with the show with Vern Gagne backstage um, talking to the AWA, sort of berating them saying look you have one job just keep ecw out of the arena we can't have them ruining SummerSlam." so we go go to the ringside uh first match of the night sees alicia fox facing uh facing where did i have it here because i've got all this in just scribble jesus christopher uh Facing Jessica Havoc. And it's a quick match. Uh, Havoc getting the win here, making quick work of Alicia Fox. But uh, as the bell rings, the bellers run down and jump Jessica Havoc before returning 
Awesome Kong comes down to stand by Jessica's side and the Bellas retreat with Foxy. Following the ad, there's a knock on uh, Vergonia's door. That's William Regal. He says, did you hear the other company? They're doing this thing called War Games. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but uh, something about a cage and it's three rings high and there's a ladder. And uh, I have no time for that shit. <laughs> the issue here is you calling yourself un-American. Well, if that's how you want to be, I guess you don't want to be at SummerSlam. You might as well just go home. So Vern just dismisses uh, William Regal there, sending him off home, having the AWA escort him out of his office. Very good. I like that. <laughs> Following that, we see Pat O'Connor and the Bushwhackers take on the uh, Hart Foundation team of Davy Boy Smith, Jim the Anvil Nyhart and Bret Hart. Uh, both Pat the IC champ and Davy Boy the European champ will be having a freeway match against D'Lo Brown at SummerSlam. So it's quick work here and Pat gets the O'Connor roll on uh, Jim the Anvil here for the win. Very good. Uh, following backstage, uh, Joel Gertner is interviewing China. Asking her why she walked out on Kelly Kelly at the pay-per-view. And China just says, I did what I had to do. Kelly Kelly is weak. She's not worth my time. Just sort of uh, saying, they call me the ninth wonder of the world for a reason. You think you can be, you think you can stand out just being weak, crying? No, of course not. (laughs) So it just gives Joel Gertner a pat on the head and walks off. Main event segment here is Antonio Noki calling out Mike Tyson. And Tyson appears on the big screen going, okay, you want a, you want a match at SummerSlam, do you, Noki? Fine. But on my terms, it will be a boxing match. Ooh. So he shows uh, backstage that he has signed a contract and uh, is giving it to uh, to one of the AWA members, Rodney to pass on to Anoki next week. And that uh, concludes week one. Bit of a shorter awesome. week. No, that's nice. I'm expecting a huge pay-per-view out of you, my dude. Um, I'm looking forward to it. The build is very good. And we are live for week two from Rochester, New York, the home of the late great Brody Lee. Um, just randomly chose that, but yeah. Uh, the Wolfpack come out to open the show. HBK says it's damn good to be back in WCW. All of us had our differences, but we have one thing in common. We're all screwed by Vince and his so-called error. When I was in hospital, I went back and I watched that Shawn Michaels appreciation night over and over again. I then heard that Macho got screwed over like the outsiders and I. At first, I thought, screw that guy. I can still feel his elbow in my throat. But then I rewatched the attack they put on me. I noticed something. Hesitation and remorse when Macho came off that top rope. The four of us met up. We rehabbed together. We got in the best shape of our lives. 
and then we worked on a plan. But we needed a guy behind the scenes with the motivation to take down Vince. And that's when AZE, Eric Bischoff, came into the mix. We created the code to get in the head of Vince and Jericho, and we knew that it didn't matter who won. Nobody was getting in the way of a Wolfpack member winning the Rumble. Rock, it seems like you're pretty pissed at the way you got eliminated. Well, I hear you've gone back home to find your smile. Trust me, I know what that's like. But if you still have a problem when you get back, I'm not a hard man to find. Savage grabs the mic and says, let's take a trip down memory lane. Uh-huh. WCW, year one, month one. I can't keep up that voice. The inaugural pay-per-view, year one, month one, the tournament for the first world champion. Does anyone remember how I got beat to lose that tournament? You don't? That's because I didn't. I was screwed. Knocked out of the tournament because of a shitty double DQ. I never got another chance at that world title. I finally have my chance again. And at War Games, I will do everything humanly possible to keep my chance to win that belt. Sean says, speaking of the world title, I have a huge announcement, boys. The rest of the Wolfpack look shocked. I've spoken to Paul Heyman. I'm owed a rematch for my world title. And at War Games... I will get my shot at Jericho one-on-one. This means I forfeited my spot in the War Games match. But as you guys know, I've started a little wrestling school in my spare time. And one of my rookies is the most talented in-ring performer I've ever seen. And at War Games, my trainee will take my place. The Wolfpack looks shocked. They bicker with Sean, but eventually too sweet each other and move on. Hmm. Who is Sean talking about humans? All right. Uh, I wonder. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you know. Two locals are in the ring and awaiting their opponents in the Steiners Indie Tag Challenge match. Out comes Jerry Lynn and the debuting Kid Cash. They dispose of their opponents quickly after Jerry hits a cradle pile driver on a local for the win. Jazz comes out and challenges anyone who wants a shot at her title to come out right now. Out comes Maurice. Jazz is decimating Maurice, but the beautiful people come out, try to make the save, but Victoria and Beth Phoenix come out, lay them all out. Jazz mission on Maurice. Jazz retains. Jazz, Beth, and Victoria stare down. All right. Uh, Jerry Lawler backstage says he's happy to put his career on the line because he needs to take his son for a trip to the woodshed. Rude and Bigelow defeat some locals and are confronted by Funk and Cactus after their match. Funk challenges Rude and Bigelow to a false Count Anywhere tag match and Rude and Bigelow accept. We see Dusty Rhodes back home uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he cuts a promo about how Goldust made some good points. Perhaps I did neglect you, Dustin. 
but I did it to give you a better life. The whole time Dusty's cutting a promo at his home office desk and his other son runs around in the background. We see this little kid with like dyed blonde hair and a temporary tattoo on his neck and a white puppy chasing after him. The kid grabs a permanent marker from Dusty's desk and runs away. He comes back with his hands over his face and he quickly removes his hands to reveal he drew a star over his face. The kid says, Dustin's going to bury you, Dad. Mm. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink, humans. Uh, Mean Gene announces that he has unfortunate news about former WCW Extreme Champion New Jack. After his release, after his injury... It was reported that he was arrested trying to rob a bank to pay for his back surgery. As it wasn't an armed robbery, and apparently he didn't even wear a mask, he immediately surrendered to the police. He only has to serve a maximum three months in a state prison, and apparently an unknown source has inquired about New Jack's bail conditions. Very interesting stuff going on here. We get a vignette of a man beating multiple Olympians in a 100-meter race coming soon. Sting squashes a local, but after the match, he's confronted by Papa Shango, holds up his voodoo skull, and the black on Sting's face drips off Sting's face, leaving him with a completely white-painted face. Ken Shamrock's in the Thunderground watching the set get torn down when a man walks in and says, next week... He's going to make his WCW debut and show Shamrock what true shoot fighting, what true wrestling is all about. Bob Orton comes out, says that he and Piper have been best friends for years. They built the first WrestleMania on their backs, despite what anyone says. And he was happy for Roddy when he showed up in WCW. He never asked Roddy for a job here. Roddy called him up and asked, Orton's back for his uh, asked for backup for his title match if the error got involved but my mum ah not my mum but my son said to me why aren't you in WCW getting title matches why does Roddy always get the chances and not you I carried you for years Roddy and I just want a chance to prove to my son that and the world that I'm not just your sidekick. I can be a top guy as well. And at War Games, we're going one-on-one. Eddie Guerrero and the Filthy Animals are backstage. They get sneak attacked by Raven, Lash, and Maven. The animals start to get the upper hand, but two men wearing flannel and ski masks attack the animals. Raven announces that next week on Nitro, Eddie will defend his US title, Feast or Fired, briefcase against Raven and one of his mystery men in a triple threat match. It's time for the main event. The ring announcer says the per orders of Paul Heyman, members of the Wolfpack and the Era are banned from ringside. Edge comes out first. He eagerly awaits Christian to come out. Who's going to get the war games advantage? Christian's making his way down the ramp. But as Christian makes his way down the ramp, his attacked by Mike Awesome, of all people. 
Awesome Bomb on the Apron by Awesome. Um, he rolls Christian in the ring. Christian finally gets up and begs the ref to ring the bell. It doesn't matter how much pain he's in. He desperately wants Edge. Referee Earl Hebner reluctantly rings the bell. Spear, one, two, three. Edge instantly wins. The error gets the advantage of war games. Edge introduces the world to his own personal bodyguard. He bought the contract from the sinister minister. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my problem solver. Mike reeks of awesome. Um, well done, sir. <laughs> yeah. Um, and backstage, we say, uh, this is the closing segment, The Undertaker and Paul Bearer are talking with Kane about the importance of what's going to happen. Rosemary and Michelle McCool come in. Michelle says they've decided on a date for the Red Wedding. It will happen the Nitro before Halloween Havoc. Her Rosemary says that her dad has agreed to the proposal and he will walk her down the aisle. Isn't that right, Dad? The camera pans over to reveal Sinister Minister who says to Rosemary, we understand the significance of this wedding. I look forward to calling you my son. He then hugs Kane. Taker says, I heard your other son has an issue with this, Minister. I hope this won't affect things. Sinister Minister says, oh, Chris? Don't worry about Chris. We've got him locked up. You just make sure Sting doesn't ruin this. The lights flicker and all of a sudden a two by four with nails in it is in the middle of the room. That ends Nitro. Oh boy. <laughs> but uh, speaking Chris, of Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The perfect segue right now. Oh boy. Uh, so Raw is War week two. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, we kick things off in ring action as we see as we see the Blue World Order taking on Free Count and uh, the Blue World Order members. Uh, so it is the Blue Meanie, uh, Nova, and Stevie, along with Al Snow, <laughs> defeat Free Count. That is um, Shannon Moore, Albert. Uh, Shane Helms and Kid Romeo. Yeah. Wait. Did you say you had Kid Romeo on your show? No. Kid Kid someone? I got Kid Cash. Kid Cash, okay. Okay. That's all good then. I misheard. Yeah. <laughs> uh yes. So uh where was I? Blue World Order, Al Snow there getting the win, pinning uh Albert, who doesn't wrestle that much, uh, more of a, a manager to free count. Uh, getting a win here, building up to his hardcore match against uh, K-Quick. Backstage, we see Kelly Kelly cut a promo saying that she is strong and that she can prove it. So she's issue issuing a challenge to China for SummerSlam. Nice. Uh, we see the Enochism locker room where Enoki speaks in his native tongue saying that he has accept a boxing match against Mike Tyson. And uh, we see, uh, sorry, we see Tucker saying this as we see in the background, Anoki shadow boxing with Fusion Thunder Liger. Beautiful. Uh, going on from there, we see D'Lo 
issue an open challenge that is answered by just incredible and D'Lo Brown gets a quick win after the sky high, building momentum to his uh, Euro Continental Championship match at SummerSlam. Uh, from there, what else did I have on week two? Oh, yes. Main event segment sees the American Males, uh, your tag team champions, that being Scotty Riggs, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and their tag team partner, Val Venus, taking on the team of Harlem Heat, so as Booker T and Stevie Ray, along with Mark Henry. Uh, these are your tag team challenges for SummerSlam and the World Heavyweight Challenger, Mark Henry, for SummerSlam. It is a quick uh, back-and-forth match, a lot of quick tags between the uh, the two established tag teams here. Uh, when Val Venus gets inside, Harlem Heat try to isolate him in, the, in their corner. When Mark Henry gets inside, the American Males try to isolate him in their corner. Uh, it gets to a point where it is um, Riggs and... Uh, what do I have down here? Riggs and... I have Booker Ray written down. Stevie Ray, I meant to say. <laughs> uh, Stevie Ray inside. Mark Henry's on the outside. And all of a sudden, from the timekeeper's area, runs in Triple H, sledgehammer to the knee. Mark Henry forced out, off the apron, distracted. Stevie Ray, uh, we see uh, Scotty Riggs hit the Americaplex, uh, the Ameriplex, and one, two, three, pins a distracted Stevie Ray as Booker T is on the outside, helping Mark Henry up as Triple H exit through the crowd, title bout on one shoulder, sledgehammer in hand, sort of gloating that he's uh, attacked Mark Henry here before the pay-per-view. And the American Males stand tall over Harlem Heat as we go off the air, them exiting up the rampway. Awesome stuff, man. Great stuff. Trying to get a few things in the short four weeks I have. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of short, (laughs) back to me. Uh, Week three, (laughs) live from Detroit, Michigan. Paul Heyman announces that tonight Eddie won't be the only person defending his Feast of Fired briefcase because starting right now, Edge will defend his world title briefcase and his opponent is the Conquistador. Edge gets in the ring and he grabs the mic and says, wow, Christian, you're looking pretty jacked right now. Look at you. But you got to remember who beat you last week. Yeah, you look kind of jacked, but the height seems right. But before the bell rings, a man jumps in the ring and attacks Edge with a spear. It's Christian. He speared Edge. And then the Conquistador rolls up Edge. The Conquistador is the new world title briefcase holder. But if it's not Christian, who the hell is this guy? Two locals are in the ring awaiting their opponents as part of the Steiner's Indie Challenge. Out comes the debuting Air Raid, Air Paris, Air Styles. Finish of the match comes when Paris puts a local up on his shoulders and Styles hits a springboard forearm. Air Raid versus Kid Cash and Jerry Lynn next week on Nitro to determine the number one contenders for War Games. Papa Shungo squashes a local but gets sneak attacked by Sting. But Shungo fights back. He holds up his voodoo necklace 
and multiple versions of Sting appear out of nowhere. Sting looks confused and Shango vanishes. Mind games. Uh, we see Beth Phoenix backstage with Mike Awesome and a furious uh, and a furious Edge. Beth says that she wants to know if Edge will have her back at War Games. Edge says that he doesn't have time for that right now. He needs to figure out who stole his briefcase and he needs to focus on his War Games match. But if you really want some backup, you can have Awesome in your corner at War Games. A frustrated Beth shakes her head and walks away. The following match is a host division match. Already in the ring, it is Mongo McMichael. And his opponent is the debuting Bob Backland. My goodness. He does his shooter knee crawl thing in the ring. He quickly shoots a double leg on Mongo and goes back to a back mount, locks in the cross face chicken wing for the submission win. Ken Shamrock comes out and has a stare down. Bob Backlund versus Ken Shamrock for the host title of War Games. We see Maurice and the rest of Moulin Maurice backstage. They get interrupted by Cactus and Terry Funk. They say that at War Games, if they win, Moulin Maurice must close down. But if Rude and Bigelow win, Funk and Cactus will join them. Maurice accepts. Bobby Heenan gets up from his announce desk and says that he has a huge announcement. He announces that for months now, like at least two, two and a half months, we've seen vignettes of a silhouette of a man achieving incredible feats of athleticism and mental prowess. Some might even say this man seems like he is perfect. Well, at War Games... This incredible specimen, who you all know very well, will make his long-awaited return to WCW, but under my guidance. Yes, I know a long time ago I lost my rights to manage in WCW, but nobody said anything about me being an agent. And as an agent, I have managed to get this man a shot at War Games for the extreme title against the Iron Sheik. Jerry Lawler is seen backstage with Dusty Rhodes, and they both get attacked by Brian Lawler and Goldust. Next week, Brian Lawler and Goldust team up against Dusty Rhodes and Jerry Lawler. All right, next up, Bob Orton versus Hardcore Holly. This is a hard-hitting match, but uh, Orton is dominant here. He hits a hangman DDT in the ropes, and then... A high-velocity power slam. Bob's pounding on the mat. Hardcore gets up. Orton jumps up and hits a huge BKO out of nowhere. After the match, Piper runs in and attacks Orton, who retreats, and Piper accepts Orton's challenge for war games. We cut to the parking lot, and we see the error beating down the Wolfpack, but the Wolfpack fight back. Jericho gets involved, but Sean throws Jericho through a window backstage. Wolfpack, standing tall, main event time. Triple threat for Eddie's US title briefcase. Eddie comes out first. 
but we see on the big screen Raven, Maven, Lash LaRue, and one of Raven's other masked henchmen beat down the filthy animals and lock them in a locker room. With with the three men, Lash, Maven, and one of the henchmen guarding the door, Raven says, hey, where's that other guy? Raven makes his way to the ring, and the other masked henchman is yet to arrive. Eddie and Raven have a brutal brawl all over the arena. Eddie gets the upper hand, but Raven hits a low blow. They brawl up the stage, and Raven hits a huge even flow DDT off the entrance stage through a table. Raven eventually gets up and crawls into the ring. And finally, his other masked henchman comes out. Raven yells at him to lay down but he isn't doing it. All of a sudden through the crowd comes a masked henchman who appears to have his hands duct taped together. Raven then says, but one of my henchmen's guarding the door. The other one's duct taped in the crowd. Who the hell are you? And before he even finishes his sentence, he gets speared. The henchman pins Raven. One, two, three. The henchman removes his mask. It's Christian. Christian grabs a mic and says, He's cashing in his U.S. title briefcase at Starcade. He will do everything in his power to make sure Edge is still the U.S. champ at Starcade. This ends this week's episode of Nitro. Yeah, uh, cashing in at Starcade. I'm, and I did say this when uh, Christian did come back. I'm really sad we never got that big singles match at WrestleMania. Yeah, so am I. Yep. Um, as soon as I picked up Christian, 100%, that was my plan. We needed Edge versus Christian at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so week three, I guess? Yep, let's do it. So week three, Raw. We kick off and we see... Uh, we see... Where are my notes here? Why am I on week two? Aha, week three. So we see... Um, why have I lost my spot? I'm having a terrible day. <laughs> so we see Jacqueline Moore uh, defeat a local in very quick fashion and then uh, stands on the turnbuckle doing the, uh, you know, the um, total belt around the waist motion, sort of saying that she's going to dethrone Brie at um, SummerSlam. But she's a, as, um, as Brie and Nikki come out on the rampway. She's attacked from behind by Foxy, and then Bree and Nikki run down to the ring, attacking Jacqueline, uh, laying her out, sort of doing a mean girl thing, going, oh, you're a loser, you're a loser, being her down, laying her out before the pay-per-view. Backstage, uh, Joel Gertner is interviewing Harlem Heat, who say, uh, no matter Mark Henry's condition, we will be victorious at SummerSlam both us in our tag team challenge and Mark Henry against Triple H. Uh, later, we see Jushin Funderliger, who uh, makes very quick work of, um, of uh, Shannon Moore here answering an open challenge uh, for in a uh, light heavyweight match. Um, but afterwards, Jushin Thunderliger addresses the crowd, saying that he's looking forward to having an honourable match against Elix Skipper for the Light Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam. Uh, of course, over the uh, the past few months, all these pe- <clears throat> all these people have won 
contendership matches uh, going in, including Felix Skipper winning the uh, the lightweight series and um, Jacqueline Moore winning the Queen of the Ring, Mark Henry winning um, winning a contenders match all the way back at um, at uh, WrestleMania, but just uh, chose to uh, cash in at SummerSlam after a few months of uh, debated contendership. Uh, we go through later the night. Um, we see Anoki make quick work of a, a local talent um, in a in a sort of uh, boxing exhibition match. <laughs> and to close the show, we see uh, D Generation X, uh, Road Dog, and Billy Gunn taking on Immortal members Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett, where. Uh, it ends up in interference after X-Pac runs in, then Hulk Hogan, then Triple H, and then Mark Henry comes down to attack Triple H from behind. Security's in. The two teams are having to be separated. It is just pandemonium as we go off the air here. Wow. Um, yeah, this build is fantastic. I'm loving it. This is some of your best stuff, Chris. Honestly, yeah, this is oh, fantastic. You. Yeah, you're really starting to hit a big groove here, and I'm loving it. Um, all right, week four, live from Cleveland, Ohio for Nitro. Uh, we kick off hot with Dusty Rhodes and Jerry Lawler versus Goldust and Brian Lawler. It's all Dustin and Brian early, but we see some miscommunication, and Brian Lawler accidentally knocks Goldust out of the ring. Bionic elbow from Dusty. Fist drop from the second to Brian from, from Jerry Lawler. The dads win the first battle in the war that is the Father's Day Massacre on Sunday. Brian and Jerry brawl up the ramp and Dusty's standing over Goldust who crawls over and grabs a mic. He says, hey, Dad, this Sunday you won't be facing Goldust. Terry throws in a face washer and... Goldust wipes the paint off his face. He says, Sunday, it'll be Dusty Rhodes versus Dustin. No bullshit, no jumpsuit, no paint. Sunday, American Dream, I will be your golden nightmare. Chris, uh... Chris, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out and says, Shawn Michaels tries to play himself off as a born-again good guy in WCW, but look at the facts. He's as selfish as ever. He screwed over The Rock. He abandoned his so-called clique when they need him the most for a war. And the kicker, his replacement, some unknown rookie. And that's just this month. That's not even mentioning the countless people that Sean has screwed in the past. I mean... We all remember that whole barbershop situation, right? Sean comes out and says that his brothers of Wolfpack understand that Sean saw an opening and he needs redemption. In his mind, he was screwed out of the title when Rock showed up at Starcade last year. So consider us even, Dwayne. All I ever wanted is just one more shot at the world title. Jericho says it's funny that you mention that because, quite frankly... When was the last time you even won a match? Before you went away, all you did was lose. I have no reason to even show up on Sunday. 
but I will show up if you let me have one stipulation. Sean asks what the stip is. Jericho says the stipulation is simple. It's karma. Just like every title defense you had against a hung, a hungry up-and-coming challenger that you buried. I mean, look at DDP and Eddie Guerrero nowadays. One's struggling to win, the other's struggling to get on Nitro. So I want to bury you like how you buried all those guys. This Sunday, the stipulation is simple. You and me, and it is one and done, Sean just like you did to everyone else. If you lose on Sunday, you cannot challenge for the title again. And unlike your one and done, this doesn't just mean when I'm champ, this means forever. If you lose on Sunday, you won't be able to call yourself the main event anymore. Sean agrees. It's now time for Kid Cash and Jerry Lynn versus Air Raid. Incredibly fast-paced match. Finish comes when Air Styles hits a springboard forearm to Lynn. Air Paris makes a blind tag to Styles whilst he's on the ropes for that forearm. Styles goes to pin Lynn, but the referee refuses. Paris climbs up the top rope, but gets knocked off by Kid Cash. The bell rings, and this match has gone to a 15-minute time limit. Air Styles is furious. Him and Paris start bickering. The Steiner brothers come out and say they were impressed by both teams. So how about Sunday we make it a triple threat? The Cash, uh, Cash, Lynn, and Paris all nod their heads and Styles reluctantly nods his head. Paris goes to shake Styles' hand, but Styles slaps him. Cash and Lynn walk away. Styles kicks Paris in the nuts and he hits a phenomenal forearm. He grabs a mic and says, Frig this, man. I ain't doing no goddang Top Gun looking. I ain't tagging with no goddang Top, top Gun looking J Brown. I'm goddang phenomenal. I'm AJ friggin' Styles. On Sunday, I accept the triple threat step, but I ain't going out there with this sack of crap. I'm going to bring it my own goddang partner. And we get a video hyping up the Falls Count Anywhere tag match. By the way, was that long enough? I kept them together for two matches, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. Yep, all right, cool. <laughs> uh, we get a hype video hyping up the Falls Count Anywhere tag match between Funk and Cactus versus Rude and Bigelow. Roddy Piper's backstage with Mean Gene, and he says that Bob Orton was his best friend. He was his right hand right hand but this isn't the bob i've always known it's like bob has been hearing voices in his head he just isn't the same man he used to be and on sunday he's going to make Auden pay for costing him the title uh jazz victoria beth have a contract signing but immediately jazz says i don't give a shit about all this talking bullcrap she throws the table out of the ring and hits multiple jazz plexes on each woman uh, the Filthy Animals are backstage and they've had a rough patch lately, but they're going to end this on Sunday when they finally get their revenge on the flock. Vince McMahon, Big Show, Brock Lesnar, Batista and Edge all come out and Vince says that it's a joke. A couple of non-wrestlers like him and Eric Bischoff have to compete in a triple cage on Sunday. 
But the bigger joke is anyone thinking that that scrawny Ken doll stands any chance in hell against a genetic jackhammer like Mr. McMahon. The Wolfpack, Bishop, Nash Hall, and Savage try to blindside the error, but Brock Lesnar goes nuts and the numbers are too much. The error stands tall to end this week's Nitro. And on Sunday, who will be the Wolfpack's fifth man? Whose side is he on? (laughs) Ah, man. So, should I get down to it? Of course. Go home for SummerSlam. So, we see... uh, Where were we? We see backstage... Vern Gagne with the AWA saying, look, I've made it so that there is no ECW uh, renegades on this show, okay? All you have to do (laughs) is just keep them off the pay-per-view and keep them out of tonight. So then we go uh, down the ringside. It is X-Pac versus uh, Kurt Angle. Quick back and forth match, but doesn't go to the finish as Road Dogg and Billy Gunn along with... um, uh, along with Jeff Jarrett and Hulk Hogan, all run down, and it just ends in a schmozzle again. And um, the refer- uh, referees and security are pulling them apart. Vern comes out on the stage and says, fine, you want trios match so badly, you can have one. This Sunday at SummerSlam. After break, we're backstage. China answers Kelly Kelly's uh, open challenge, saying, fine, I'll meet you this Sunday at... Um, at SummerSlam, we'll have a match, and then I'll prove that you are no match for the ninth wonder of the world. Uh, there's a highlight video package showing Antonio Noki boxing in gym and uh, Mike Tyson, uh, along with um, sort of sit-down comments from each guy spliced over the top. Tyson saying he's um, he's a Olympic boxer. He's uh, got multiple world championships. While Noki might be a great wrestler, he's certainly no boxer. Nice. Uh, we then cut to a uh, a triple contract signing in the ring. It is Pat O'Connor of um of the Sheep Herders, the Intercontinental Champion, along with Davy Boy Smith of the Heart Foundation, the European Champion, and D'Lo Brown of the Hall of Pain, who is the uh, number one contender. So all three men sign their respective contracts, uh, sort of a, a pose down there, and they all sort of leave amicably, but uh, not before a long stare down. So there's uh, no one going through a table tonight. Uh, then no. backstage, we have the American Males uh, say that they've only just got these titles. This ain't going to end here, uh, to Joel Gertner and Val Venus saying that he'll be in their corner. We cut to uh, Bree and Nikki Bella having a tag team match. They uh, face off against... Uh, who was it I had here? They faced off against... Um, oh, that's right. They face off against Rosita and Sarita of the Mexham Connection, making quick work. Uh, it looks like Bella's going for a Bella show tape, but all of a sudden, Kong and Havoc run down. There's interference. The referee calls for the bell, and these four women are going at it. All of a sudden, Alicia Fox jumps in and decides to go after Rosita and Sarita and is dumped over the outside as there's sort of a triple stare down between the three ladies, and the bellers decide to exit as there's sort of a um, 
immovable force meets a ir- irresistible object. Uh, Gorilla Monsoon line. Um, yeah, the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Thank you. Uh, between the uh, two women's team here of um, Awesome Havoc and the uh, the Maxam connection. Main event segment. It is Mark Henry entering for a contract signing. Uh, oh, sorry, before we get to that, we have um, commentary running down the highlight packages for everything we'll see this Sunday. So we have Hardcore Championship match uh, with Al Snow, the champion, versus K-Quick. Uh, Team Bella has just been announced will face Awesome Havoc. Immortal will, uh, will face D-Generation X members, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and X-Pac. Kelly Kelly will face China. In a boxing match, Antonio Inoki versus Mike Tyson. Jushin van der Liga will defend his light heavyweight championship against Elix Skipper. In a match for both the Intercontinental Championship and the European Championship, D'Lo Brown will challenge Intercontinental Champion Pat O'Connor and European Champion Davey Boy Smith. Uh, the World Tag Team Champions will be on the line as, as the American males defend against Harlem Heat. Brie Bella will defend her Women's Championship against Jacqueline Moore. And in your SummerSlam main event, it'll be Triple H against Mark Henry. This all coming from uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota at Target Field, uh, the home of the Minnesota Twins. Hmm. So the, um, bo- the booking location, very interesting considering who's in charge. Yeah, so we've sort of done a... Uh, last month we sort of ended up... Um, going across the uh, the western seaboard of the states and then here oh, I don't think I listed my cities I'm sorry uh, so we went Vancouver to Edmonton to <laughs> Calgary to Winnipeg yeah uh, so we're in Winnipeg tonight main event here uh, as I was saying uh, Mark Henry in the ring for a contract signing with Triple H and um you know, both men signed the contract. Triple H is uh, gloating about, oh, how's your knee? How's your knees? He's holding up the sledgehammer. Then, you know, both men sort of shake hands and face off into the camera. And then Triple H goes to walk away. And Mark Henry doesn't release. Picks him up. World's strongest slam through the table. And Mark Henry lifts up the title belt to pose in the corner as we go off the air. Nice. Lovely. Beautiful stuff, man. I'm excited for SummerSlam, but we've got to endure my pay-per-view first. And um, my pay-per-view is WCW War Games, The Father's Day Massacre. Yep, we're live from the Norfolk Scope in Norfolk, Virginia. And the theme song this evening is War Pigs by Black Sabbath. Yes, a uh, Hall of Famer. Yes, a Hall of Famer. I should have had him come out. Is eligible to show up. Um, as always, the commentators this evening are good old JR, Jim Ross, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Tonight, we see the debut... This is an interesting little piece. The debut of a heel and a babyface tunnel in WCW. Hmm. Why am I bringing that out tonight, I wonder? Ooh. We kick off the show 
with the filthy animals coming out first. And they are waiting their opponents, which will be the flock, Raven, Lash, and Maven, and Raven's two mystery henchmen. Out comes Raven. No, that's the wrong song. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Finally happened. And here he comes, Raven. And he has a mic and he introduces his mystery henchman. And the song changed. You sheep out there might know them as another name, but I've finally brought them into the 90s and they are renamed and reborn in my image. I give you, I give to you Ricky Cobain, Robert Vedder, the Grunge Rock Express. It's the Rock and Roll Express, but now their mullets are grown out into long hair. They're wearing flannel. They've got band T-shirts just like Raven. Yep. Uh, Ricky Cobain and Robert Vedder, the Grunge Rock Express. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Ricky Vedder, what's that a reference to? So Ricky Cobain, so that's Ricky Morton and he's turned into Kurt, like that's a reference to Kurt Cobain, the um, yeah. lead singer of Nirvana, and Robert Gibson's been renamed Robert Vedder in reference to the lead singer of Pearl Jam because they are grunge rock, baby. And what was the Nirvana song you used there if uh, nobody picked it up? Uh, that was In Bloom there. So Ra Raven <laughs> in... Um, in other times has come out to come as you are. And then these guys come out to in bloom. Um, yeah. So just a little different. Um, Fair enough. I'll let you keep going. Sorry. I just really like Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't man. And um, yeah, the grunge rock express is here. Uh, this is a 15 minute high spot extravaganza. Finish comes when Kidman and Ray from a corner on each side of the ring. Uh, they jump off a corner on each side of the ring on the ramp side towards uh, a couple of people. They hit stereo top rope cross bodies to Maven and Lash LaRue, respectively. And then Ricky hits a huge grunge destroyer on the apron to Chavo. And Robert hits a brain buster to Conan. Eddie's left all alone in the ring with Raven and the Grunge Rock Express. Destroyer to Eddie. They pick him up. Raven hits an even flow on Eddie for the win. This new version of Raven's flock might be even stronger than ever. After the match, Chavo's consoling Eddie. Kidman and Ray check on Eddie, but Eddie pushes them away and says, where the hell were you guys? Him and Chavo walk away. Kidman and Ray look upset and Conan looks conflicted. Tensions boiling over after a nightmare couple after a nightmare month for Eddie Guerrero after losing his briefcase and then this huge matchup. Alrighty. Alrighty. Next up is uh, Ted DiBiase all by himself. He says, I have no idea where the hell Shane is, but I guess it's time for my open challenge. So, Whoever has the balls, come out and pay your price. 
all that sort of good Ted DiBiase stuff. Suddenly, Shane comes flying out sideways through a tunnel on the stage, and he looks beat up. Flames engulf the stage. Music hits. One word comes across the Turnatron, and it simply says, Dragon. And here he comes, stepping through the fire and the flames on the stage. Oh, my God. It's the dream boat himself. Ricky, the dragon, steamboat to the tunes of Dragon Forces through the fire and flames. You bastard getting that cheap gig in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Ricky, the dragon, steamboat is all WCW. I'll probably do a graphic. Um, The bell rings and instantly steamboat levels DBRC with a barrage of chops. Big body slam, climbs up, hits a picturesque crossbody off the top. One, two, three. New television champion, the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. We are two matches into this card and we've already had two massive surprises. Next up is Papa Shungo versus Sting. Shungo's dominant early, grabs his voodoo necklace, but Sting grabs his baseball bat. He smashes the necklace into pieces. Shungo has almost frozen in the corner. Stinger splash, scorpion deathlock. Shungo taps out to the scorpion deathlock. Sting shake, simply shakes his head and walks up the ramp. But Undertaker and every male member of the ministry, ministry come out. Kane Farouk, executioner, boss man, Paul Bearer. Uh, Undertaker grabs a mic and says, Sting, you have one last hurdle. Yeah, I can't keep that up. You've beaten everyone in my ministry except for one man, my brother. At Halloween Havoc, you will go one-on-one with the devil's favorite demon, Kane. Kane then chokeslams boss man. He chokeslams Farouk. He chokeslams Executioner. He chokeslams Shungo. Undertaker says, all of these men at his feet are not worthy of his ministry. They've all failed him, but he is a merciful Lord of Darkness and he will return these men their souls and they will have no recollection of their time with me. Sting. If you can somehow manage to beat my brother, there will be nobody else in the way. It will just be you and me one-on-one. If you beat Kane, you will have me at Starcade. All of a sudden, Paul Heyman comes out and says, he loves that idea, but next month is Halloween Havoc and we need to bring back a classic. Spin the wheel and make the deal. So how about we have a little preview? As you can see, I have two wheels in front of me. One wheel full of random opponents. Another wheel full of match stipulations. Let's spin the wheel to see Kane versus Sting's stipulation. The wheel lands on Chamber of Horrors. This is a WCW Halloween Havoc WrestleCrap staple. The rules wait, wait, are... Wait, Chamber of Horrors? 
Yes, this is Bumping a call- house. Yeah, this is a callback to WCW Halloween Havoc 1990. Uh, the rules are simple. Both men are locked inside a cage, and in the middle of the ring is another smaller shark cage with an electric chair in it. The winner of this match is the one to electrocute their opponent. Oh, my goodness. Undertaker loves that idea, but warns Heyman to leave before Kane electrocutes Heyman right now. Heyman says, if Undertaker versus Sting does happen at Starcade, it wouldn't be fair for Taker to come in so fresh. So let's set up a match for Taker next month. Undertaker looks furious. Heyman spins the opponent wheel. The crowd gasps. The commentators are in shock at what it landed on. Heyman spins the stipulation wheel. The crowd are going nuts. Even Undertaker looks shocked. Heyman makes it official. Thanks to spin the wheel, make the deal. Next month at Halloween Havoc, it will be The Undertaker versus Mankind in a Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. <laughs> um, huge matches made already for next month. Eric Bischoff approaches Paul Heyman backstage and says, hypothetically, if Randy somehow loses his title shot at Starcade, wouldn't it be best for business if whoever wins that shot defends it against Savage next month? Savage agree. Uh, Heyman agrees to that one condition. To that on one condition. If Savage retains next month, he will have to defend his title shot against all of his teammates from tonight's match in a gauntlet match, including you, Mr. Bischoff. And next up is the first Father's Day Massacre match. It's Brian Lawler versus Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler's in-ring career on the line. Brutal eight-minute match. Jerry has the upper hand, but at one point, Brian rips off a turnbuckle pad, drives Jerry's head into the exposed steel. Brian Lawler climbs up, hits a huge fist drop, and picks up Jerry and says, fuck you, Dad, and he hits a pile driver. One, two, three. The in-ring career of Jerry Lawler has been ended at the hands of his own son. What? Uh, Next up is Roddy Piper versus Bob Orton. 10-minute match, very back and forth. Piper locks in the sleeper hold, but Orton reaches his arm around Piper's head and reverses it into a BKO out of nowhere. One, two, three. Bob Orton pins Roddy Piper clean as a whistle. Uh, Yeah, but trying to speed through a little bit here. Next up is the WCW Women's Championship triple threat Jazz, Victoria, Beth Phoenix, who's accompanied by Mike Awesome. As per usual, no DQs in a triple threat match. Beth and Jazz take out Victoria through a barricade. Both women are going at it now. It's one-on-one, but Mike Awesome runs in and hits a huge big boot to Jazz to the dismay of the crowd. But all of a sudden, out comes Christian with his beefcase, uh, his briefcase even, not his beefcase. Uh, he swings it. Look at the beef. <laughs> he swings it at Awesome, but Awesome ducks. Big boot to Christian. 
Awesome grabs the briefcase. Beth grabs Jazz and Awesome swings the briefcase at Jazz and Jazz ducks. Awesome lays out Beth. Awesome looks shocked, but Christian sneaks up, hits an unprettier on Awesome. Jazz locks in the Jazz mission, the Katahajime on Beth and Beth taps out. Christian smokes and walks away and Beth looks furious at Mike Awesome. Backstage, we see Beth getting helped to the back by medics, and she's yelling at Awesome. She sees Edge and tells him everything that just happened, but Edge clearly isn't listening, and he says, yeah, 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 congrats, honey. I told you it'd work out. Now you can leave me alone. I've got a match to get ready for. Beth looks furious as she leaves for the trainer's room. All right. All righty. It is time for the WCW Extreme Championship match. And the Iron Sheik makes his way out and he awaits his opponent. Bobby Heenan gets in the ring and he introduces his client. We have seen the videos for months now. He is the perfect human being. He is the reflection of perfection. He is my best friend. Hit the music. Too sexy for my love. Too he is my love, love, too sexy. Lexi Luger. What the hell? What the hell? Out comes sexy Lexi. The narcissist Lex Luger. This isn't what we were expecting. Out comes Lex Luger. And he's oiled up and as smug as we have ever seen him. He ignores Iron Sheik. And Bobby Heenan says, before we start this match, Lex needs his warm-up bar. It's one of those 80s bendy bar things. He bends it to repeat, repeatedly to get a pump on. Heenan then applies some oil on Lex just to make him look even more jacked. Sheik says to hurry the fuck up. But as the ref pushes Sheik away, Luger blindsides Sheik with the bendy bar thing. Luger repeatedly beating Sheik over the head with the bar. Luger puts Sheik up for a torture rack, but music hits. We see on the screen it says perfect with a question mark. And then it says, nah. Better. The screen says, better than perfect. Kurt Hedding. Oh my God. He comes sprinting down. He hits a better plex on Lex Luger. He drags Sheik on top of Luger. And Sheik retains with the help of the re-debuted, better than perfect, Kurt Hedding. Classic pub tune. Oh, you got to love the screaming jets. I know someone out there listening is loving that. Yeah, two good songs. Yep. Can't just say, wow, Alex, such a tease. <laughs> I'm glad you are. Uh, I'm glad you picked up on that. Yep, that's exactly. Narcissus. Hey, yep. can you have Bobby the Brain? I'll let you continue. No, that's who who introduced him. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Bobby the Brain Heenan and Lex Luger together. 
Um, yeah. So next up is the Hoss title match. Bob Backlund versus Ken Shamrock. Bob has control early using his amateur wrestling background, but Shamrock hits a belly to belly out of nowhere, locks in the ankle lock for the win. Shamrock celebrating in the ring and Backlund shakes Shamrock's hand when on the big screen we see a clock ticking and the graphic says the time is coming. Shamrock looks confused but heads to the back. Next match is one that I have been looking forward to presenting to you guys for a long time. It is Dusty Rhodes versus Dustin. Dusty comes out first, comes through the babyface tunnel, and then the music hits, lights dim. What the hell is this? Oh my god. The lights in between the two tunnels start to raise. Smoke fills the stage. We see the silhouette of a man and a woman standing. The big screen says, The Golden Nightmare. Oh my god, here it comes. Oh my god, it's Dustin with Terry. Dustin has no face paint. He's wearing tights and a weight belt. Adrenaline in my soul. Something, something, Dustin Rhodes. And a weight belt. He's wearing a weight belt that says Golden Nightmare. He has a new tattoo on his neck. It's a skull with gold dust face paint on it and wings for some reason. <laughs> He's accompanied by Terry who's walking a dog. The dog hates the fireworks, so it runs backstage. <laughs> Dusty looks perplexed. The bell rings. Ding, ding, ding. Classic 20-minute match. Lots of back and forth. Dusty hits a bionic elbow on Dustin. Dustin kicks out at 2.9. Dustin fires up. Hits a curtain call, but Dusty kicks out. Dustin throws Dusty into the ring post. Dusty's a bloody mess. The canvas is covered with his blood. Now Dustin goes into a ring post, and now he's a bloody mess as well. Dusty goes for a standing elbow after his signature funky like a monkey dance moves. But Dustin gets goes behind, hits Dusty with some weird move, and Terry walks over and says, we call that the crossroads. One, two... Three, Dustin wins. After the match, both men are collapsed, but Dustin grabs a mic. He says, Dusty, I just needed to know if I could beat you. I needed to know if I could step out of the shadow. Now I need something else. I need you to know I love you. And I heard that on Nitro, there's going to be a tag team battle royal to determine the next number one contenders at Havoc, at Halloween Havoc. And I don't need a friend. I don't need a tag team partner. I need my daddy. 
What do you say, Pops? They embrace in a tear-soaked hug in the middle of the ring. What a moment. This is an absolute moment. It looks like these two are going to go double or nothing. They're going to go all in together as a tag team. This is elite. <laughs> That's going to be one of my all-time favorite segments you've done. <laughs> well done. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> you knew that, like, yeah, this was always in the works. And then then I got Dusty Fuck. Yeah, had to happen. I don't need a tag team bun. I need my daddy. All right. Uh, next up is a Falls Count Anywhere tag match. And we instantly cut backstage and the fight's already started. Cactus is brawling with Bigelow in the hallway. Funk's getting beaten down by Rude. They brawled all through the concession stands and through the crowd into the ring. Funk hits a DDT onto a chair. Um, yeah, he hits a DDT onto a chair. Mullen Maurice is watching from the stage. The future of Mullen Maurice is at stake here. The uh, Rude is out cold right now. Bam Bam is putting up a fight, but Cactus and Funk take turns hitting Bam Bam with chair shots. Double arm DDT from Cactus. Pile driver from Funk to Bam Bam. He gets up. He looks at Bam Bam and nods at Cactus. And Rude simply walks away. Yeah, Rude gets up. He looks at Bam Bam and nods at Cactus and simply walks away. It's very reminiscent to the ending of Full Gear. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Cactus pins Bigelow for the win. As Rude is walking up the stage, Maurice is yelling at Rude on the entrance ramp, but Rude says, shut the hell up. He spits in Maurice's face and he says, it's time to make Rude ravishing again. Maurice drops to her knees and her house has fallen. And next up is the WCW World Tag Team Championship. It is uh, first out, Kid Cash and Jerry Lynn, then the Steiner brothers, and we anxiously await whoever this third team will be. What? No. No one knows what this is because it hasn't really existed yet, I guess. And out comes the phenomenal... AJ Styles, he waits at the ramp and it's announced his partner is not from North Carolina. The cleaner, Kenny Omega, and together they are the Bullet Club. What the hell? 15-minute match. The Steiners have control early, but the other two teams gang up, take them out. V-trigger from Omega to Cash. Oshiguroshi from Styles to Lynn. The Steiners get back in, but a V-trigger takes out Rick Steiner. Styles goes out to the apron. Scott is facing towards Styles, but he's groggy in the middle of the ring. And Kenny is behind Scott. Simultaneous V-trigger slash phenomenal forearm combination from Styles and Omega. Styles goes to pin Steiner, but out of nowhere comes the Dudley boys. 3D to Styles, 3D to Omega. 
Steiner rolls over and pins Styles. Steiner ret- the Steiners retain after the match. The Dudleys pull out tables and put both Steiners through the tables. It appears the Dudleys have had a bit of a change of an attitude here. What the hell are the Dudleys up to? But a fantastic first showing from the Bullet Club. It's now time for our semi-main event, the World Heavyweight Championship. Shawn Michaels versus the King of the World, Chris Jericho. 25-minute classic back and forth. Fast-paced match here. Uh, Finish comes when Sean goes to hit switch in music on Jericho, but Jericho puts the referee in the way and the ref's out cold. All of a sudden, we see a man running down the ramp holding what appears to be... What is that? It's a glass window? He runs into the ring and he smashes the glass over the head of Sean Michaels. What the hell? Jericho has no idea what just happened, but he wakes the ref up. He pins Sean and Jericho retains. Sean Michaels can never have another shot at the world title again. Sean Michaels' attacker stands above Sean and we can finally see clearly who it is. And holy shit, what the hell? It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake? What the hell? He smashed Sean over the head with a window And he yells out, that's revenge, Sean. You still owe me money for my window. (laughs) Well done. It's now time (laughs) for your main event of the evening. We see um, the triple cage lower. Uh, and hanging high above the third cage is that Starcade contract. Inside that third cage, we see some ladders. Inside the second cage, various weapons, even some mystery boxes in there. And in the lowest cage level, it's just a standard Hell in a Cell setup, basically. Every three minutes, a new person enters. And once all ten men are in the up are in the match, the upper levels will be opened and the hunt for the contract will begin. Introducing the first person, uh, the first participant representing the Ruthless Aggression Era, the United States Champion Edge, and his opponent, the first person representing Team Wolfpack. What is this song? This is a bit different. Oh my god, what is this? Going longer than I thought it would. Come on, get there. Oh my god! There's the music, it's finally kicked in. It's the American Dragon. Brian Danielson. Holy shit. What an opportunity for this youngster. We've seen a lot of fresh young faces on tonight's show. It's like a new era is about to spawn in World Championship Wrestling. 
And ding, ding, ding. The match is on. Brian has a flurry of kicks early as we wait for the three minutes to expire for the next participant. Um, next in representing the error is the big show. But as he makes his way down the ramp, it is Father's Day Massacre. After all, he gets jumped by Andre the Giant with a chair. Andre the Giant repeatedly beating down the Big Show. Father's Day Massacre, people. Father's Day Massacre. Um, he repeatedly throws the Big Show into the side of the cage and walks away. Big Show crawls into the cage, but by the time he gets in, the three minutes have elapsed. And this match has been nothing but the rookie Brian Danielson surprisingly kicking Edge's head in. Next in for the Wolfpack is Kevin Nash. Nash beating down the already beaten down Big Show. Brian hits a huge running knee on edge, but next in. Well, here comes the pain. It's Brock Lesnar. Immediately German suplex on Brian, then a German on Nash. It's now all error. They have the numbers advantage. Next in for the Wolfpack is Randy Savage, who is a house on fire, beating down everyone. Next in's Batista, who who goes uh, straight for Savage. No love loss here. The, then he hits a spear and a jackhammer as the crowd does that oh-so-familiar chant at Batista. Oh, big, oh big. I can't quite make it out. Uh, but next in for the Wolfpack is Scott Hall. At this point, Brian is completely broken down after multiple suplexes. He can barely stand. This rookie is putting up a hell of a fight. Savage is a bloody mess after Batista grated his face against the cage. And Big Show and Edge have teamed up to decimate the outsiders. Next in is Vince McMahon who struts and barks orders and avoids any physicality as he awaits Bischoff to come out. And out comes EZE who appears to be walking funny. He has chains wrapped around his fist. He gets in the cage and the hunt for the contract is on. Vince starts climbing into the second cage as the error Charger Bischoff, who surprisingly lays out Edge with a punch from his chain. He then surprisingly lays out Batista and Big Show with his fist wrapped in chains. He hits Brock with the chain, but Brock smirks and no-sells it. Bischoff drops the chains and hits a huge roundhouse kick to Brock. It's wobbled Brock. He hits another, and Brock flies out of the ring. We zoom in on Brock. And Brock is a bloody mess from those kicks from Bischoff. What the hell? Bischoff rolls up his pant legs on his karate gi he's wearing, and that's why he was walking funny. He has his leg wrapped in barbed wire around his shin and some padding separating the skin from the barbed wire. Genius move by Bischoff. That really helped even up the odds here. And Bischoff starts to climb and chase after Vince. But before he does, he throws something to Hall. It's handcuffs. Hall handcuffs the big show to the ring post. Brock Lesnar hits an F5 to Hall from the ring to the outside that essentially writes off Hall and big show. 
everyone else makes their way into the second cage. They are brawling. They are brawling. Uh, hang on. They are brawling on the outside of the second cage when out of one of those mystery boxes comes Christian. He levels Edge with a chair. Edge starts to climb down the lowest cage onto the outside. Christian chases after him. Oh, my God. They brawl up the stage, and Christian spears, spears Edge off the stage, and they fly through some tables. Edge and Christian have just taken each other out. Batista then spears Nash through a panel of the second cage. It's essentially now down to just Brock, Batista, Vince versus Savage, Brian, Hall, and Bischoff. But Hall gets handcuffed uh, onto the second stage by by Vince, who had his own set of handcuffs. Brian gets F5'd onto a table in the second cage. Brian's out cold. All of a sudden, Brock starts climbing the third cage, but another mystery box opens, and it's strong cold! He shakes Brock off the cage. He falls from the third to the first cage. And Austin jumps down and hits a stunner on Brock. Savage puts Vince in a sleeper and chokes out Vince while Batista does the same to Bischoff on the other side of the second cage. Their eyes don't break from each other. They both climb up the third cage on opposite sides. They get into the third cage, and they each grab at an end of a ladder. The fight is on. Eventually, Savage breaks free. He gets on top of the third cage. He sets the ladder up, but Batista climbs up and low blows Savage, and Batista bombs him off the ladder onto the cage roof. Batista climbs up, and oh, my God. Batista grabs the Starcade contract. The Ruthless Aggression Era win. Batista is going to the Starcade main event, but I guess next month it is now official from what we saw earlier. Batista versus Savage with the contract on the line at Halloween Havoc. The Savage Animals explode. And credits roll. And credits roll. This month's credit song is by Fleetwood Mac. And it is The Chain. And we see a bus. A bus pulling up to a prison. We see New Jack in an orange jumpsuit. He gets taken to his cell where he has two cellmates waiting for him. We see a... We see a tall and rotund African-American man with no shirt on and lots of tattoos. And he says, hey, boy, you my celly. You my celly now. Well, I'm your big daddy V. And don't mess with me, man. <laughs> the other guy in the cell says, uh, what are you in here for? New Jack says, robbing a bank without a mask. The other guy says, Shit, been there, done that. Alarms start going off, and we hear someone yell that someone broke out of the psych ward. We see in the psych ward multiple guards bleeding and unconscious. A guard checks the cell and says on his walkie, psych ward inmate number 101010, 10, 
has escaped. Alert the authorities. Yes, the inmate's name is Parks. C. Parks. The camera zooms in on a piece of paper on the ground. It's a wedding invitation for the red wedding of Cain and Rosemary as the camera fades to black. A bit going on in that post credit scene. Hey, I managed to squeeze in two post credit scenes into the one scene there. Two stories into one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's about storytelling sometimes, and sometimes it's about the journey. Yeah. So, um, New Jack has a celly, um, has two cellmates. One of them, uh, he said his name was, um, well, it was a large, tall African American fellow covered in tats with no shirt on, and his name was what was it? Uh, Big Daddy V. Yeah, I don't know what that, that could be alluding to. And uh, his other cellmate apparently has also robbed a bank without a mask before. Interesting. Yes, quite quite interesting. <laughs> uh, should we get to the show at hand? Well, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I took a bit of time there. That's all good. So, coming to you live from Target Field in, uh, what is it, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nice. I said that right. It is yep. SummerSlam. Uh, again, doing what I did last year, having SummerSlam in a baseball stadium during the summer. It's better weather for an outdoor wrestling event. Perfect for the biggest party of the summer. Yeah, I don't know if I use that anymore. No, I don't think so. What, what's the stupid word they're using for WrestleMania at the moment? Stupendous. What? Oh, that's it, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make it sound old. No, no. Okay. Uh, we kick off on the Sunday night heat portion where, uh, you know, the commentators are sort of running through the matches and... Um, saying what's coming up next, it is confirmed that the Enoki Tyson boxing bout will be 15 three-minute rounds. If it goes the distance, we'll go to a judge's scorecard. My God. Uh, yeah, this is... <laughs> for those who complain about five <laughs> rounds in UFC championship matches, yeah, just be thankful it's not boxing. Yep. Uh, yeah. Commentary team is, as always, you have Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes. Ring announcer is Howard Finkel, and backstage comments are provided by Joel Gertner. Uh, we kick off the show with the Sunday Night Heat portion, which sees uh, the hardcore champion Al Snow defending against K-Quick in a hardcore match. So uh, it's a pretty back-and-forth match. At one point, both men roll out of the ring. They go to pull under under the table, and Al Snow pulls out uh, head, and K-Quick's just sort of bend over, talking to little Jimmy. <laughs> they then both sort of sit him down on the uh, respective ring steps opposite side of the rings before they both roll back in and continue brawling. Uh, they go back to the outside. Each man sort of reaches under the ring. They're throwing chairs at one another. Uh, then they throw street signs at one another. Uh, at one point, uh, Snow sort of brawls K-Quick around the commentary table. They sort of um, fight away from it. Then they brawl over to the Spanish table. And they are uh, sort of brawling on top of that before Al Snow trips 
And in doing so, he drives K Quick through the English table beside the Spanish table. Nice. Uh, they sort of compose themselves, crawl back towards in into the ring, even though this is hardcore and falls count anywhere, uh, like the uh, classic hardcore matches of old. Uh, they crawl back into the ring. And as El Snow sets up for the snowplow, it's blocked and counted into the... Uh, what, what did I say K-Quick had? Um, the lie detector, yeah. Lie detector. One, two, three. And new hardcore champion, K-Quick. Nice. Poses on the turnbuckle and uh, is looking around as we get a picture-in-picture picture shot as the show opening pyro goes off and he thinks, and he says uh, to the camera that you can pick up on the camera mic, I did it, Bob. I won WrestleMania. <laughs> so we go off uh, the pre-show there onto the main event, uh, the main card proper. So we see Team Bella, that is Nikki and Alicia Fox taking on Awesome Havoc. Uh, it is a lot of Nikki trying to stay out of the ring, trying to stay away from the uh, two larger women here who isolate Foxy for a long time uh, before Foxy powers up, knocks Havoc off the apron, goes, tags in Nikki. Nikki hits a Bella Shote on um, Kong and then bumps Havoc off the apron. Big diving um, splash, uh, splash and uh, gets the free count there for the Team Bella win. Awesome. Uh, next match sees Immortal versus Degeneration X. So it is um, Hogan, Jeff Jarrett, and um, Kurt Angle versus Degeneration X, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and X Pac. And DX seem a bit confused throughout this match as Angle and Hogan are sort of um, on the outside. Jeff taking a lot of this match, tags in. Kurt, who then uh, begins to work over X-Pac's legs and um, at one point he sort of pushed back to the corner, Hulk tags himself in and there's a stare down between Hulk and X-Pac and X-Pac hits a spinning heel kick which wobbles Hogan, not enough to fall over but sort of uh, stumble back and hold himself up on the ropes and he tags Kurt back in Uh, from there Immortal just begin to wear down the rest of the team and um, Kurt and Jeff hit the Olympic stroke uh, for the win, which is the uh, the Olympic slam by Kurt into the stroke by Jeff on um, Road Dog for the win there. Next match nice. sees Kelly Kelly versus China. China comes out. She's sort of... Um, Doing the uh, the old uh, heel thing where she holds out her hand for the um, test of strength and then just pulling it away, going, oh, you need to reach higher, you need to reach higher, as we start the match here. Uh, Kelly ends up um, being able to use her spears as an advantage, working over China, begins working over her legs, trying to chop her down. And um, as the match goes on, China gets one or two spots where she'll get uh, catch Kelly and sort of throw, tosses her around the ring as a show of strength. But Kelly continues to go back, working over China's leg. And uh, as she knocks her down, she sets up for the K2 leg drop and gets the 1 2 3 and the pinfall victory. Nice. Uh, next match on the card sees Jushin Fundaliger, your light heavyweight champion, versus Elix Skipper. Uh, Skipper winning the uh, light heavyweight series for this match. 
Uh, it is a back and forth matchup here. Both men sort of are testing each other's strengths. Uh, and we, as we go, what did I say? As we go throughout the match, um, each men sort of are having a moment where they show how um, athletic they are, how they can um, high fly sort of um, to that cruiserweight style, putting on a really good match here. It goes long. Liger going for the um, setting up for the surfboard, but is countered. And uh, Skiffer fights back, catches a play of the day. One, two, three. And new light heavyweight champion, Elix Skiffer. But Nokiism wow. has no time to commiserate, as on next is Antonio Inoki versus Mike Tyson in a boxing match. So we nice. uh, each man has the uh, boxing gloves on. The ropes are, are strapped up, so it's like a boxing ring. And uh, you're going three-minute rounds here. Referee sort of brings me in the middle. Okay, listen to my calls at all times. No punches low or behind the head. And uh, listen for the bell. Okay, touch gloves. I don't touch gloves, and then he just says, okay, back to your corners, when I say. Right. Yep. Calls for the uh, bell to start the round. They go the first round. Tyson landing in a lot of good shots early, but Noki keeping up his guard. His game plan, the commentator's uh, ponder, seems to be wearing down Tyson. And hmm. we uh, continue to go for a few early rounds here. Later in the fourth, Noki's starting to sort of uh, try to land a few jabs on Tyson, but Tyson's also trying to block him. And we get into the ninth round here. Tyson going and um, just sort of bobbing and weaving, as you see the boxers do. Anoki goes to hit a um, right-hand cross. Tyson bobs and just comes through with a lovely uh, right-hand cross and just lands Anoki flush. He's down. One, two, three. You've got to answer the rest. Ten count. Four. Five, Tyson's just standing off in a neutral corner, sort of gliding to the crowd. Six, seven, eight. Anoki's sort of starting to stir, but not on his feet yet. Nine, ten. And the ref calls for the bell, winning, awarding the boxing bout to Mike Tyson by way of TKO. Oh, man. Don't you worry. Anoki, uh, my A. Yeah, maybe later. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, following that, sees the Intercontinental European Championship match. So first out is Pat O'Connor, uh, who has Bushwhackers ringside. Then Davy Boy Smith, who has the Hart Foundation ringside. Then D'Lo Brown, who has Elix Skipper <laughs> ringside. Uh, and the ref just looks around and goes, as the match is going deep and just constantly looking around this triple threat match, even though it's no DQ, just seeing all the seconds beginning to grab legs, trip opponents or trying to hold opponents on the ropes and just has enough and goes, you, 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 and you, you're out of here. And just ejects all of the seconds from ringside at once. Nice. <laughs> just saying, if this is for both championships, I'm not putting up with any of you shit. Get out of here. Beautiful. More focus now. O'Connor goes for O'Connor roll on Davy Boy Smith, but is broken up by uh, D'Lo. D'Lo uh, goes for a sky high on Pat, but is broken up by Davy. Davy goes. <coughs> Sorry, Davy goes for a sharpshooter on um, Pat o on 
D-Lopez broken up by Paddock Hodder and each man is sort of seeing the crux of a three-way match in a triple fresh. This isn't a um a three-way dance like in ECW where the first pinfall you want to happen so someone gets eliminated. <laughs> this is first pinfall wins. Yeah. So each man is trying to break up the pin, trying to preserve their chance in a championship match. Uh, make it a lot more clear. There is no allies. There is no friends here as we uh, continue later into the match. Uh, Pat O'Connor sort of uh, sees that Davy Boy's going up on the top rope and pushes him off and he sort of falls and sort of, uh, I guess you could say, wins himself, uh, landing gut first on the, um, the steel barricades ringside, sort of hanging himself up there and he just sort of flops off onto his back, just sort of winded which leaves Pat O'Connor sort of gloating at him. He's forgotten about D'Lo. D'Lo attacks, knocking down Pat, hitting a sky high. One, two, three. Pat O'Connor, uh, sorry, D'Lo Brown has pinned Pat O'Connor, becoming the first Eurocontinental champion. Nice. Now, I did make sure I went back through this. I've never had a champion so far hold both. No. A IC title or a European title. Yep. Even uh, one and then the other. Yep. No, it's fine. It's fine, dude. So that, go on. No, you've done well, mate. Yeah. So they'll be building up to something later. Um, we see a, a rare backstage uh, segment here of um, Joel Gertner interviewing Harlem Heat and. Jacqueline and Mark Henry before their respective championship matches. And um, he's sort of asking, oh, do you have a plan? And Mark Henry says, well, always got plan A. And when that doesn't work, you go to plan B. And when that doesn't work, you go to plan C. But he says, we won't need to go that far down because I have a plan B. As he holds up his hands in a sort of V V symbol to the camera. Yeah. Maybe a... a teasing of uh, someone there. Hmm. Uh, from there, Harlem Heat head off because it's time for the World Tag Team Championship match. Harlem Heat coming up first, then the American Males. Uh, in their respective corners is uh, in their respective corners is Teddy Long and Val Venus. Uh, and the American Males sort of doing a good job here, trying to isolate Booker T. Uh, early on. Book T sort of fights back. There's a, a heat seeker at one point, but the referee's insisting that Book T gets out of the ring before he counts a pin. And by the time uh, Book T is out of the ring, um, uh, Buff kicks out. Sorry, I lost my spot there for a moment. So uh, it looked like they would have had it won as Stevie Ray's got the pin and the crowd's all cheering. But the and Booker T's still in the ring. And the refs sort of turned around, seeing Booker's in the ring and going, no, no, you out, you out. And Booker hasn't realised because he's backs to the ref. So by the time he actually gets out, the ref slides over, counts the pinfall for Stevie. One, two, but it should have been like 10. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we continue on throughout the match. Um, Buff tags in. Uh, Buff tags in. Where did I have this? All right, Scotty Riggs. And... um. Scotty Riggs here fighting off uh, Stevie Ray, but Stevie Ray hits a slapjack and then uses his slapjack behind the referee's back. He goes for the pin. One, two, three, 
and new Tag Team Champions, Harlem Heat. Awesome. Awesome. Finally, they've got them. Love it. <laughs> I told you I'd have a plan for them. Dude, I tried so hard to, to get the Harlem Heat from you guys. <laughs> I was like, oh, you haven't put the belts on them yet, so just give them to me. <laughs> but yeah. no, nah, it's good to see what you've done. So from there, we go on to our co-main event. It is Jacqueline Moore uh, representing the Hall of Pain, taking on Brie Bella, who is the current reigning and defending WWF World Women's Champion. And uh, sort of the referee's looking around. There's no seconds ringside, so... He sort of calls for the bell, and uh, the match is underway. And Jacqueline here is sort of um, using a lot of her power and um, agility to sort of move around Bree a lot quicker. Bree sort of caught unaware in a lot of these situations where she'll be bumped down, but sort of rolls herself either under the ring ropes or uh, Jacqueline goes for a pin at one point, and Bree manages to get her foot onto the rope. So the referee goes, no, 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 it doesn't count. So uh, as we continue on throughout the match here and uh, Jacqueline goes for a DDT, centre of the ring. One, two, and Bree sort of just lazily lifts up her shoulder and the ref goes, no, that's a two. (laughs) Jacqueline just seems frustrated, like she's hit everything here and just fires up, just throwing punches and kicks and everything at Brie. It's kitchen sink ugly, but it seems effective as Brie's backed into a corner. And as she's doing this, um, she sort of then pushes Jacqueline back and works Jacqueline, uh, forces Jacqueline back into the opposing corner. But in the process, they bump the referee down. And as the referee's down, out comes Team Bella. Oh. Team Bella are out. They sort of... um. Work over Jacqueline in the corner. They're both holding uh, one of Jacqueline's arms. So you have um, Foxy holding her left arm, Nikki holding her right arm, and Bree's just sort of gloating, doing doing little punches and then holding up her arms, going, oh, yeah, yeah, check out my muscles. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> <laughs> so she's done that. She sort of um, then goes to wake up the referee. And as, um, as Jacqueline sort of groggily stumbles out of the corner, Bree hits a Bella Chote, and it's a foregone conclusion here. One two, three, and Brie retains still your WWE World Women's Champion. Fuck, man, this has been a long-ass reign. Yeah, well, I've got a plan for it. I would imagine so. (laughs) Your main event of the evening is the uh, WWF World Heavyweight Championship. But as we uh, cut from there, we see up in one of the uh, skyboxes. What's this? The ECW champs have arrived, and they're in a skybox, and, you know, they're showing their little ticket stubs. And we just see Vern is pissed backstage at this. So he gathers the AWA and say, right, go down to the timekeepers area and just wait there. If they cause any trouble, get up and get them. Very good. So it is Taz and the FBI in this, uh, this skybox that so we see. Uh, Triple H versus Mark Henry. Mark Henry comes out first. He's uh, accompanied here by Teddy Long and Triple H. Uh, doesn't really have anyone in his corner, rarely seen as uh, D-Generation X are all uh, backstage after matches tonight. 
so uh, we go through this match and Triple H is sort of just trying to wear down Mark Henry. A lot of um, sort of trying to take shortcuts behind the referee's back, trying to work him over. At one point, uh, Triple H hits a pedigree, but as he goes to uh, pin Mark, he only gets a one count before Mark sort of does that. Um, the old impressive spot is um, he sort of lifts up his arm and sort of flings the guy off him. Nice. Uh, so we go from there, sort of more fighting on the outside. Um, at one point, the referee sort of gets bumped inadvertently by Mark Henry and sort of stumbles down to the outside. And Triple H goes to get a sledgehammer from the outside, but Teddy Long is sort of arguing with him and he pushes down Teddy Long. The crowd sort of boos this. And then all of a sudden, Triple H is in the ring. Hits the uh, sledgehammer to Mark Henry. Seems like a foregone conclusion, but there's no ref. So out comes Vern Gagne, sliding down into the ring. Okay, one, two. And Vern stops counting. And Triple H seems confused. And the fans seem confused. And what, what is going on? And he sort of goes, eh, eh, eh. Bang, kicks Triple H in the balls. <laughs> and Mark Henry gets up. World's Strongest Slam, one, two, three, and your new World Heavyweight Champion, Mark Henry, as he goes to shake Vern's hand with one arm and then puts up the V symbol in the other hand, showing that he did indeed have a plan V. Awesome. So, as Mark Henry is celebrating, out come Harlem Heat, and they're all celebrating in the ring. And then we sort of see... Uh, then we see the, the, uh, what would I say? The ECW champs on the move and they're sort of, you know, heading down to the ringside area and sort of Vern's going, go, go get him. Trying to tell him to sort of head him off at the pass. But as he's done that, we sort of see the lights sort of, uh, flicker for a moment as all of a sudden we hear the music of somebody as I try to bring this up here. Here we go. Uh, why doesn't this work? Why does nothing work for me? Like Alex is like, oh, here's how you do this. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I just hold my phone up to the microphone. <laughs> oh, I see. Hang on. It's loading. Uh, yes. So they're sort of coming out through the skybox, working their way through the the crowd as uh, the AWA is working their way back up to meet them at the pass, sort of head them off, stopping from getting to the ring. And all the while in the ring is um, is Vern Gagne gloating with um, with uh, Mark Henry and the uh, Mark Henry and Harlem Heat. And then we hear a very familiar song. Oh my god. That's Lance Storm. What is the Canadian doing here? But yeah, uh, Lance Storm runs it, uh, appears on the entrance way. He's with his uh, he's with his uh, impact players teammate in just incredible. But then he points to the rampway again. And out comes Well it's test. <laughs> oh my god. 
the Un-Americans, William Regal and Test. But that's not all. Outcome. The, the Radicals. Dean Malenko and Perry Saturn, along with PCO. The Thrill Seekers have arrived in the WWF. My God. They run down. They attack. They attack the Hall of Pain. But as they're doing so, the AWA is sort of retreating back and they're laid out from behind by the uh, FBI and Taz. Taz get in the ring. Vern Gagne is absolutely livid, screaming, You're ruined it, damn it! As Taz <laughs> picks up the WWF Championship and the FBI pick up the WWE Tag Team Championships, each team, uh, each member holding aloft either a tag team or an ECW Tag Team Championship and Taz holding aloft both his FTW and WWE Heavyweight Championships. Vern is livid. How will Raw go tomorrow night? Awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. The Thrill Seekers, huh? Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, put Lance in his own little little group here and uh, building yeah. towards who was sort of in ECW that I can use to annoy Vern. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. You do have a lot of ECW, guys. Yeah, well, don't you worry. It'll uh, be building up over the next little bit but i suppose uh it is that time once again for everybody to get aboard the twist train whoa whoa um oh yeah okay um is my camera on yes okay cool um first off what pay-per-view do you have next month i have that is a very good question that i do not have an answer to Alright. Uh where are we? Month tenth. Uh payback. Payback. And I've got Halloween Havoc next month, the Chamber of Horrors. I just want to quickly just run through the matches I've announced. Yeah. Because I've got some exclusive announcements as well. Uh contract for Starcade, main event on the line. Batista versus Randy Savage. The Savage Animals explode. And then we've got the Chamber of Horrors electric chair match, Sting versus Kane. We've got Undertaker versus Mankind inside of a Hell in a Cell. And WCW Hotline exclusive match announcements uh, via Mean Gene. Uh, he has announced that next month at Halloween Havoc, we will have an extreme championship match between the Iron Sheik and Terry Funk. And also on the hotline, we found out Brutus Beefcake is going to take on Shawn Michaels. My goodness. And on the hotline, we heard some unfortunate news. WCW has released more people. No. We have released Air Paris. Oh. Hey, I gave him two runs, two I matches. I traded you. <laughs> Do you want him? Uh, I don't know. What else have you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we're releasing Sable. I did. Oh. I got what I needed out of her. But okay. they are going into the free agent pool. So it is twist time, my man. Um, you are first because you went second. 
Okay. Alrighty. My goodness. Oh, boring. You've got a random free agent. Okay. Okay, All I'll right. take that random free agent. You can have that right now. I mean, there's a lot going on in there at the moment. Hang on. My goodness. My goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'll give you some ideas off air. Okay. Just going to say, immortal. Maybe. He has a friend. Yeah, that's true. Uh, All right. You're twisty. All right. Don't forget, I've got two free agents coming up too. All righty. After this. Yeah. My goodness. Three month injury. Which would Ooh, essentially rule that's someone. Starcade. That rules someone out of Starcade. Do you have a and block still? I, d- I do not have a block. This is the most risky fucking thing of my life right now. Oh, come on. Come on. That just worked for me, brother. That's, I did have plans, but I can probably replace it. Uh, Victoria yeah. is out for three months. Just going to flat out say it. So that's all right. She just lost a match. So it's not too bad. I did have plans for her next month, but uh, cards subject to change, as they say in the biz. All right. Free agent time for... WCW and WCW has pulled out my um, goodness. That's what I want. I mean, why wouldn't I? Give me yeah. what I want. Alrighty. WCW have pulled out. I don't know what I'm going to do with this person. I actually, I have someone in my company who was very friendly with this person. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Come on. I'm sure they're good friends. Yes. Yes. All righty. Please don't let me down, my man. Please don't let me down. My God. Well, this isn't a free agent because that's meant to be in your thing, isn't it? I can't see. Oh, yes, I have them. Yeah, so obviously I thought I took him out of there. That's a redraw. Mm. My goodness. Come on, honky. You know you want to... If I pull out the honky-tonk man, 
I'm flat out just going to be like, oh, yeah, I just pulled out the honky tonk man humans. Uh, here he is. It is. My goodness. Ooh. You do. Ooh, that plays well into a few things you've actually got. When you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, some people have just got released out of the spell of darkness. And one of those people could use a similar partner to that guy. Hint, hint. Um, I think I'm going to use... Now, with my pick, my own twist, twist, what does that entail? Like any twist. Okay, so I can pick a free agent? Yeah. Uh, pick. Yeah, I'm going to use it because I've only got a couple more months on it. And if I get this person now, yeah, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, uh, just send it into the chat so we don't spoil the surprise for the humans. There you go. Alex will give me a yay or nay. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Oh, yeah, of course you need it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I sh mm, I'm an idiot. I should have traded. Well, speaking of trades, I do have one person in particular. Um, hang on. I'll type this in. So I can't remember what you said about that. About the two people that just came in? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to do it. And yeah. you can – we pick one each. You can have the first pick. Okay. Because uh, either way, I don't care which one I get. I'm I'm happy with that. Okay. Uh, I'm. I had a spot for either of them if I got them. So. Yep. Um. Oops. All right. Let me quickly make this official. Okay. Whilst you're uh doing that. Oh, sad face. What? Um. A sad face just popped up on the screen. Oh, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah, this is um huge. Uh, uh, I have a trade offer for you. Yep, okay. Why do I have a feeling it's going to be the person I just picked? No, not not exactly. No, it's not. Um, Alex has a think. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let me just have a look here. <laughs> Question without notice. <laughs> yeah, it, no, no, this makes for some compelling audio. Um, 
But let me just quickly have a look at my roster. And I've so where the heck was I? I got a random free agent and then Alex got a three month injury and then Alex got two uh free agents because he did two releases. I can't remember if he said who he released or not. Uh, I released Sable and Air Paris. Sag. Sag, uh, indeed. And, and then I used my Pick My Own Twist after having it since uh, January of year two to handpick a free agent. Yeah. And then Alex and I agreed on a couple of more R-Block uh, picks. As Alex uh, gets back to me on a uh, trade-off before we sign off. Hmm. That is tempting. Um. Oh. Because I think he would fit in pretty well into a certain faction there. Because it sounds like they're kind of outnumbered at the minute. Okay. All right, dealio. Okie dokie. Um, yes, I got a three-month injury. I'm just flat out say it. It is for Victoria. Um, we both have had one more R-block pick each just to round off a certain thing because I had a complaint that it was bullshit that ROH announced the rest of their... Uh, Hall of Fame inductees after we finished doing the thing that we wanted to do the thing, the thing, the thing with. Anyway. Um, Starting to sound like me. Yep, the thing and the thing with the thing. Um, my goodness. Yep, big shows all round. Um, lots of title changes on your end. Um, which titles didn't change? It was the women's title, wasn't it? Uh, the women's title didn't change. Yeah. That was it, yeah. Um, on my end, I had a lot of youngsters debut, like your Brian Danielsons, uh, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega. Um, feels really weird booking them in this era in my mind. Like, uh, in my mind, this is full-on 90s, and I'm booking a Kenny Omega match. Fucking weird. <laughs> but um yeah i can have a bit of fun with this um yeah this was a great episode this is one of our best i think um it's a long one this will be fun to listen back to um warwick make sure that you continue messaging me and marking out for my booking and you're welcome for uh just shoehorning in better by the screaming jets because it's your favorite song um and until next time i am at fruity's alex on instagram and twitter 
You can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. Check out at Sid underscore pod on Twitter. And you can find Chris at... At I'm Chris Funder on Twitter. You can come watch me game on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chris Funder. You can go back and listen to the entire Wrestling All-Star archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Shut up, a bitch. Oh, Stone Cold thinks you're a son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I'm, I need to do more impressions in my plugs. That's one thing I was told over the weekend. You ruined it, damn it. You ruined it. <laughs>